Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. I have a question for you. You can go for a question. I just need to publicly apologize to the people of Sanctuary Faith <laughs> Community uh, with whom I was privileged to spend the night on Sunday uh, uh, helping out with communion and the friggin' hot dog sandwich debate. Oh, man. Reared like, its ugly in head. In the middle of communion, you were serving, and it people was, were like, so is this a sandwich? No, it was definitely... <laughs> well, that came up. Uh, <laughs> it, it definitely was during the dinner part, during the fellowship, but I hijacked that conversation. Yeah. Mostly to defend my good name. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna define it as two pieces of bread, I have opinions. If yeah. you don't want to pick a different definition, that's fine. You picked that definition, though. I asked the people at Okay, and then they said I the said, same thing? Yeah, they said between two slices of bread. I was like, stop. Okay. That's it. End of discussion. See, I don't think I would have... This is this is exactly what people want, is for us to talk about this every single More? week. More? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that um, I... I mean, two slices of bread, I think, is the traditional thing, but I, I would have just said between... It's food in between bread. Yeah. So now, and I think that that's a slight because that, that's effectively. I may not have worded it that way, but that's how it is in my head. It's not necessarily right. two distinct slices of bread because it's not. And between bread is different than wrapped in bread, right. which gets you to the uh, pop tart. Effectively, right. yeah. The ravioli. Yeah. The ravioli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, what's your question? I have a, the most important question I've ever asked. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. This is very nerdy and very specific, mm-hmm. but it's very important. Yes. What is the right way, the right order, to watch the Star Wars movies? Okay. I have a answer that I've carried for a long time. Yeah. And uh, be and and just to quali- to to push it a little more before yeah. you give me this answer because I think uh, this I don't think this will change your answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to know how many of them do I need to watch. Right. What are what is the bare minimum that is necessary if I'm going to both to get a full understanding of the story. Yep. Um, but also to do it in the quickest rate possible. Okay. So if you want the full story, yes, it's simple. You go uh, original trilogy. Okay. Which is what New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Okay. Into I, I, there's no answer I'm ever going to tell you you need The Phantom Menace. Okay. I, th- I think it just does not necessary, and Jar Jar Binks drives me up a tree. Okay. All you need to know there is that <laughs> Anakin and the princess are in love. Spo- by the way, spoilers for future episodes on, on how we feel about things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so if you want to go back for the prequels, you could do two and three. Okay. Three is actually not the worst movie ever. That's true. They do because okay with it, that. there are two movies before that are worse. <laughs> uh, and then I would go, well, I might throw Rogue One in before New Hope. Okay. Just because it sets up So I'm starting with so well. Rogue One. Yeah. Okay. Rogue One, uh, original trilogy. Okay. Two, three. Okay. And then new sequels. Okay. Uh, Force Awakens and... Solo Unnecessary? I don't think Solo is necessary. Okay. I think Solo is extremely enjoyable. Okay. But if you're going to go uh, to, to, to for what's the quickest route to get there, yeah, I don't think you need Solo. Okay. I will say this. This is a new theory I've been working on, and I think it's true, and I've yet to test it on somebody. But if you have somebody that has never seen any Star Wars ever, yeah. 
and they have resistance to it. They don't. What, a, what an interesting find that would be. Oh man, to have had no like cultural awareness of it either. Well, they have some cultural yeah. awareness, but they haven't seen. But they any could the come here from like Botswana, yeah, and yeah, have been fully un- not aware of American culture. That's fair. Boy, that would blow their mind though. If that's oh yeah, the yeah, thing. yeah. you that's could introduce start them. Yeah. It's I, laser swords I and think, giant dogs. I think if I was going to try, and I, and I needed to hook this person, I yeah. needed to invest them in this story. Yep. I think I start with Empire. Yeah. Well, I think best, I start with Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Because there's not enough. New Hope is good, and there's some stuff that sets up Empire, but not enough that you can't read the scroll yeah. at the beginning of the movie and get yep. caught up. Yep. And it's such a compelling ending of, like, you know there's more, yeah, we just don't know how they fix all this. Yeah, I th- yeah, you probably could just jump in on that one. Yeah, um, and everything you need is is enough there. Yeah, um, and it compels you to want more. Yeah, because the, fir- the first one that... ends in a satisfying right way. Except, I don't think... except Chewbacca doesn't get a, a medal. <laughs> yeah, that, that's disappointing. It's, it's, everything's kind of wrapped up. Yeah. And okay. for you, sir. Um, okay, so I would say, kind of similar to you. I think you start with Rogue One. Yeah. I think you then, because Rogue One sets you up well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you don't start with Rogue One because I'm not sure that's the best movie. Um, See, that movie gets a bad rap. I like that It's one. a great movie, yeah. but I think it's not. It's a different tone because it's about war. Very. Um, so I think, let's say, I, I'm going to go start with episode one. Or episode. <laughs> no, start with, don't Start do with that. A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, you then go uh, Empire. Jedi. Yeah. Then Rogue One. Flashback. Make that like a prequel. Yep. Yeah. Then episode seven. Yeah. Then episode eight. Yeah. Then episode nine. Yeah. Then you No watch. prequels. Then you then if you think I want more Star Wars, you watch solo. Yeah. And, and, that, <laughs> and then you go home happy. I just started, thanks to our good friends at Disney Plus, um, Rebels. Yeah. Which is also it's, a great it's very good. show. It's very good. Yeah. Clone Wars is also good, but Clone Wars is suffers from the point that the prequels are 100% unnecessary. Yeah. And they live in the prequel. They're trying to put plot around the prequels, but uh, the Clone Wars cartoon yeah. uh, that is not on Disney Plus, and boy, is that a great, great show. Yeah. Uh, it you can get it like from the library, they have it in DVDs. There's, I think there's two DVDs because there were two seasons of it, and each season, uh, the first one they were like two or three minutes episodes, like in between shows. Yeah, and uh, it all runs together pretty. Well. And most of them don't have dialogue in the first season. The second one they're a little longer and they have a little more dialogue. Um, but they're really well done, and it's it's what I wanted from episode two. Because it's actual Clone Wars, it's real good action. It's not overly complicated. It's kind of like the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my order would be that. Uh, I think that if uh, I used to have an order that included episode two and three, and it used to go, it's machete order, which is this thing that's online, which is goes episode four. So you go New Hope, Empire, then you view two and three like it's a flashback. Yep. Uh, because you have just found out about. Darth Vader being Luke's father, and then this gives you the 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 little bit of Darth Vader's story yeah. that you need. Yeah. Um, but it's too in, long. Into Return of Into Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And then new stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that the only there used to be a cut of the prequels that cut it into one movie. I mean, there still is, but it used to be pretty easy to find on YouTube. Yeah. It's been taken away by Lucasfilm. Uh, and it starts with the Darth Maul fight. Oh. 
which is great. The, here's here, the, and, so. But we, we got to save that. We well, got to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so it starts so much with that, and then it went right into like um, part of episode two. It, it, like it then mashed, and it was all. It was like maybe ninety minutes. Like it was. It took all the prequels and cut them into ninety minutes. See, and that's it, and it was good. It was still not great, <laughs> but it was way better than what we have. But yeah. anyway, we got a lot to talk about. So I'm Tyler, and I'm Jay, and this is Star Wars: Roughing oh. the Pastor. <laughs> This is the uh, the long um, advertised, warned, threatened, uh, yes. advertised, exciting, like prepped um, episode of Roughing the Pastor. Uh, we're going to start the trilogy of trilogies. And if somehow you, this is your first episode of Roughing the Pastor, and you think, man, surely they can't be this nerdy all the time. Yes, we can. Of course we can. Yes, we can. But we don't always talk about Star Wars. We've no. actually not talked much about Star Wars. No, we had that one episode, uh, Han shot first. Oh, yeah. But even then, that, we didn't talk about Star Wars all that much. No, because that was set up for something else. It was biblical and Aaron's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That was the device that we used to get in. Um, so this is... Uh, uh, we're going to lean hard into the Star Wars trilogy, and mm-hmm. you may feel like, I don't need to hear two more white guys talking about Star Wars. And yeah, you don't. But, no, but you really to be don't fair, we're not, we're going to make it accessible, even if you've never watched Star Wars, even if you don't care about Star Wars. Um, hopefully you'll stick with us. Hopefully we've we've made ourselves, uh, and if I would say don't start with this episode if you've no. never seen it. Go back or and get never, something else. If you've never listened to the, to the series. or If, if you really want to hear some Star Wars talk, start with us. Uh, but if not, we've done many other episodes. Listen to those first. But I think that um, you'll want to stick with us for this one because uh, we're going to talk about the original trilogy in this episode. Next episode is going to be prequel trilogy, and then we're going to get to the sequel trilogy, yes. uh, even though we'll only be two-thirds of that one. Um, and and eventually we'll kind of tell you what we think about the, the new one. Um, yeah. And we're doing this in preparation for uh, December 19th Yes. when The Rise of Skywalker comes out, which completes... The non-elegy. Such a weird. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a real word, but the the uh, the cycle, the three trilogy cycle yep. of the Skywalker saga. Hypothetically, when this ends, we're done with Skywalkers. Yeah, and we're done with Star Wars until 2022. What's in 2022? I that's when the next Star Wars movie is due to come out. Oh, okay. And it's currently untitled with no director attached to it. So is it coming out? <laughs> I mean, that's at first there was nothing, but just recently they announced like that they put it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing on the calendar for a while. It was just going to be shows on Disney Plus, which is which is fine. Well, so far I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also live in a world now that where there's Disney Plus. We had this is the first episode we recorded since that's it, been a reality. I have been saying I've got. I don't know. You got like some super early bird rate. Yeah, I did. I've got it at seven bucks a month. Called the Founder Circle. I'm in the Founder Circle. It's nine uh, nine or four dollars a month for me. I would pay fifty dollars a month for this service. Oh, it's so good. As a father of young boys. Oh, it's so good. And a nerd. Yeah. Oh, for gargoyles alone. You give me Disney, you give me Star Wars, and you give me Marvel. That's the three major food groups. And uh, Darkwing Duck. 
Oh, have I introduced Whenever my there's boys trouble, to you can call DW. Day. Let's get dangerous. How about uh, uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers? Yeah, we, we got, got into that. Gummy Bears? We got into Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears is on gummy there? Gummy Bears is on there. My, oh, my kids, I tried the Chippendales Rescue Rangers. They're like, can we watch something else? And then I went to Gummy Bears. I thought they would be out on Gummy Bears right away. They were in 100%. Love it. Yeah, they were like, ooh, what's this? I was like, what? Love it. How are you not into Chippendales Rescue Rangers right now? Yeah. They're way into DuckTales, but they've gotten the new DuckTales, so the old DuckTales is not as exciting. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so if you're going to start them, start them with the old DuckTales first, because once they get a taste of that new, ooh, they won't want yeah. the old ones. Uh, it's like starting with an Atari. Atari is great if you've never played Anything a Switch. Else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, uh, in the 1970s. Yeah, so here we're setting the stage. Uh, a young man named George Lucas. Oh, boy. Which, he's a complicated man, but let's start... And no one understands him but his woman. Let's start charitably. Dude's got a beard and has always had a beard. A pretty decent one. And he had a beard before he uh, lost his chin. Yeah. He had a beard when he had a clearly defined face. (laughs) And now he does it. Now the beard is to establish. He's got his... his, Yeah. I would would describe George Lucas as a thumb with a face. And the beard is just there to say, here's where my chin is. Yeah. And as I've uh, learned that trick, as I've gotten older, I realized... Like, first I was like, come on, man. You're not fooling anybody. And now I'm like... Now as as my yep. neck is starting, more, I hope he is fooling somebody because like, I need to be fooling. This is somebody. where my neck, where my chin is. Uh, so George Lucas uh, was a a dreamer. Yeah, uh, and he he came out with a movie called THX. Yeah, uh, it's not good. No, <laughs> I don't know if you see it. Uh, people say like, oh, it's really interesting. It's kind of interesting. It's not good. It's very arty and like. Oh, like it's 1984. It steals from a lot of stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting visually. It's nothing like anything he's ever done since then. It's not like Star Wars. So if you're like, I want to see this other sci-fi movie he made. Nope. It's not like that. It has some good actors in it. Robert Duvall's in it. I have to say, I'm going to start it off right now. This may bother you, or maybe you don't care. Probably you don't care. I used to be a staunch defender of George Lucas, as any self-respecting Star Wars fan used to be required to be. I am now very much of the mind that George Lucas is is not very smart. <laughs> I think... I think he's not a good director. I think he's a bad screenwriter. I think he's good at coming up with stories, but I think he's good. He's like Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. in that Quentin Tarantino is good at borrowing things from other people and turning them into... like I would say Quentin Tarantino's movies, especially the last four or five, are more akin to making a mixtape. He's really good at making mixtapes. Yeah. And he's he's good visually. So he I think Quentin Tarantino is actually a really good director, whereas George Lucas is not. Um, no, I think I think uh, But Quentin Tarantino is very obvious about his influences. Uh, George Lucas was w- would make blended it together in a way that was not as obvious. Yeah. But when you really when you start to see them, you're like, oh, oh, oh. This is all just from something else. And he does it in a beautiful way. Yeah. He does it better than Tarantino. But the fact that George Lucas is insistent on taking credit for things uh, that are beyond just that. Right. He has created a great story using elements from a bunch of different things. But now he, um, whenever you talk to him, he really has a casual attitude of like, oh, why just we put this together? Like he has a casual attitude that is also very implicit in making sure that you know that he's a genius, yeah, who is unparalleled, well, that's, who I, has come up with this this universe that people don't understand, and he did not. That is just not the case, right? I think he caught an inside straight yeah. with the first two movies, absolutely, and and has been banking with the first on it. One movie, uh, and I mean the second movie. So there's this really great book. If you're so, this is just for the nerds. 
Star Wars nerds out there, I highly recommend there's a book called The Unauthorized History of Star Wars. Mm. It is as big as the Bible, <laughs> and it is implicitly well-researched. I think I may have mentioned it before, uh, or explicitly. It's, it's really well-researched. Uh, and it's great. And it's not meant to tear anyone down. No. But it does go through in a step-by-step process with looking at interviews and all kinds of stuff to really make the point of, like, George Lucas, Lucas did not know what he was doing. And he, he caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. He really lucked out. And then, and he said it for a very long time. He didn't have a plan. And then he's like, maybe this could be more. Like, he kind of kept saying, this could probably be something bigger. And then there became a point, like around the time of the, the 90s, that he started to make it clear that he wanted everyone to believe that he was a wizard yeah. who had this master plan that was always there. And his and it was not, his original intention of Star Wars was hampered by a lack of ability in special effects and by studios that didn't believe in him. I don't buy it. You no. Know, and the, the book proves definitively all of that is made up. Yeah. Like that he said right off the bat, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he didn't have a plan. And it proves that like, uh, by the way, we're going to spoil Star Wars for you. Yeah. Uh, that jo- that um, the bad guy in the first movie is Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Uh, Vader, Vader is just is a, a big bat. Like, he's just a henchman. He's only in the movie for 10 minutes. He's and a sidekick he at best. Yes. He does not have... He's an interesting sidekick. He's yeah. very well written. And, like, they lucked out in that he's an intriguing character that is well written. But he's Boba Fett. Yeah. In that movie. Like Boba Fett in number two, ha- Boba Fett is an interesting character in that in the trilogy, he has no story. Right. He is just a cool outfit. And people latch His on backstory to him. has been created through novels, through short stories, through comic books, things like that. There is, try to figure out just by watching the movies who Boba Fett is. I don't think, I could be wrong, I don't think they say his name in the first, in... in He's not in the first movie. Or no, in a, in a, in a Empire I Strikes Back. I think they, I don't know if they do. He's got lines, they and they, they do, they made me just call him the bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and he, and he dies the most unceremonious death in Jedi because he was not a big character. Right. It's like since then that he became Boba Fett, and he was just, he was a toy, that you could sell. Yeah. Which is, and that's in a sense, Star Wars has done really well on figuring out cool things that people want to buy and just like giving you a taste of something that then could be flushed out by somebody else. Yeah. So that's what George Lucas did really well is that he would give you a taste of something that could be flushed out by somebody else. So uh, without getting too mired in that, um, I am very much of the mind that George Lucas is not a genius. He is someone who was really good at one thing and now wants people to give him credit for a lot more than that. Which and and he was he was he was exceptionally gifted in synthesizing a story and then getting good people around him. Sure. Uh, the problem is he has retrograde tried to take credit for things that were not like he is he claims uh, Empire and Jedi as his movies. They are not his movies at all. He didn't write those. He or, didn't write them he didn't or direct, direct them. them. Yeah. And the story was unformed. They are written both by Lawrence Kasdan. And Lee Brackett, um, who was this great screenwriter who died uh, during the writing of uh, before before Empire came out, and um, and she wrote uh, Lee Brackett wrote the story along with Lawrence Kasdan, who also wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, yep. who also wrote um, a lot of great movies. He did he wrote Solo, uh, he he wrote the screenplay for Force Awakens as well. Uh, he's done some really great things, uh, but even great the, movies on his own. But also. you you can see this, and I didn't know any of that. Um, because you've got the IMDb database of, mm. in, of pop culture in your brain. But even little things like 
when you go from the end of uh, the first one, the the New Hope. Yep. Again, Vader is a very tangential character. Kills Obi Wan Kenobi. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Luke blows up the Death Star, and other than Luke shooting at Vader when Obi Wan dies, yeah, from a tremendous distance away, they never interact. No. And then the and then Empire Strikes Back opens with. Darth Vader is very interested in this Luke Skywalker character yeah. that he's never met. Yeah. Uh, so they take the story in a very... Well, they have to give it depth because it's all on the surface in the first... It's really a remake of The Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa. So that's uh, that's that's getting into real <laughs> deep garbage. So let, let's pull way back out of the weeds real quick to just let you know. So the, uh, in 1977, this movie comes out called Star Wars. It's not called Star Wars uh, Episode Four: A New Hope. It's just called Star Wars. Yep. The Episode Four: A New Hope was not added until like five years later. So it comes out. Uh, it makes a big splash. It tells the story of this farm boy named Luke Skywalker who uh, wants to... It's a hero's journey. He is like Bilbo in The Hobbit um, mm-hmm. and, or Frodo in Lord of the Rings or other various uh, people. It's the hero's journey who like he has this thing. He needs to go on a journey. He has to discover who he is, and then he has to return home. And so he discovers that um, uh, his father was a Jedi Knight, uh, this droid is set, is being attacked. Uh, these droids are sent to Obi-Wan Kenobi, who lives down the road from Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke gets a charge of the droids uh, because they buy them from Jawas. And, uh, and, and so... <laughs> By the way, as a sidebar to all this, you should watch Space the movie Balls. Spaceballs. Oh, it's so good. It's such a it's great so movie. Good. It's slightly inappropriate for kids, and so we yep. haven't watched it yet. It's a little too sexual because oh, it was because of the eighties. But, but it's, it's very so it's basically funny. rated G besides a couple of sex jokes. Yeah. Uh, but the sex jokes are just prominent enough that you, we can't watch it yet. Uh, I keep waiting for it. I saw it when I was probably five because we were it was the eighties and our parents yeah, didn't everybody care. did everything. Yeah. Um, so uh, Luke Skywalker has these droids. Uh, Takes the finds out this message for uh, Obi Wan Kenobi goes finds this guy Ben Kenobi. He's like, could it be you? Yeah. Because he's an idiot, and of course Ben Kenobi and Obi Wan Kenobi are the same person. The guy that dresses in Jedi robes. Yeah, one of the best things planet. in yeah. the Lego Star Wars, which are great. I highly recommend them to people who want to show their kids, and they're just really funny because they make fun of Star Wars the whole time. Uh, they they relive that scene where Obi Wan and Luke meet each other for the first time uh, in the in the. A desert of Tatooine after they've been attacked by sand people, which sounds actually pretty racist. Yeah. Uh, so they've been attacked by the ta- the Tuscan Raiders, and um, and the, he sees Ben, and he says, uh, "I'm looking for the, they're looking for someone named Obi Wan Kenobi. Is that you?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's me." And in the Lego Star Wars, Luke says to him, "Why didn't you change your last name?" <laughs> and Ben says, "Why didn't you change your last name?" And Luke goes, what? (laughs) And then it points out one of the dumbest things about the prequels is like they're trying to hide Anakin Skywalker's kids from him. And they they, so they hide Luke Skywalker on the town in the place where where Anakin grew up. Yep. Naming him Skywalker on the planet. Like it's the dumbest thing possible. There's no thought going into it. Anyway, uh, Luke and uh, the droids and Ben go on this journey because Ben needs to go to save the people from Alderaan. Uh, Princess Leia had sent the message, uh, and they find they need a ride, 
And so they go to this bar to get a ride and they find this pilot named Han Solo who has a dog that is a giant person <laughs> named Chewbacca. And uh, they get a ride, they go away, they, they fly to Alderaan, they find out that Alderaan doesn't exist anymore because it's been blown up by the Death Star, this giant uh, floating moon weapon. M- moon weapon that the Empire has. Uh, it's too big to be a space station. Yes, uh, clearly. And and so then they find that they they end up the space the 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 moon is there where Alderaan used to be, and they they get sucked in by the tractor beam. They find out that the the princess is captive on that space station because they're trying to find the rebel base, and they they blew up her home planet of Alderaan because she wouldn't reveal the secret plans because yeah. she's awesome. And uh, Princess Leia is one of the best characters in. All of this, any and movie ever, great from the beginning, like yep. really well written for the 1970s. Like it's like a character who doesn't care about it. Like has power. She some for some reason has a British accent when she speaks to Trigger Moff Tarkin. But uh, apart from that, uh, she is she has watch it again and listen to every episode, every scene where she's in with the main bad guy. Uh, she speaks in a British accent for some reason. Huh. Um, Admiral Tarkin, I should have recognized your foul stench when you were brought on board. Like she's, all, huh, she has a she British really accent in that part. Um, Interesting. Yeah, she was also nineteen when she made this movie, and Harrison Ford was thirty. So that's, that's a whole other thing. Oh, Harrison Ford, come on, man. Some the seventies were a different time, guys. Yeah. Uh, Very. Um, so uh, they get away through various things. Ben sacrifices himself so they can leave. Uh, Darth Vader, who's this um, interesting outfit who doesn't really show up very much, uh, but he has to fight Ben because they're, they were old adversaries in some way. It is also very clear that Luke's father was killed by Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader is a bad guy in that sense. He's a second bad guy, though. He is not the main bad guy. Um, he is like the henchman in a Bond movie, but a really good one. Do they make reference to the Emperor? Uh, there's this Galactic Senate right. that has been disbanded. Maybe the Emperor has disbanded, but I think that they've just been disbanded. I don't think yeah. the Emperor's mentioned. That would be the only time when the guy is like, uh, uh, Vader, your your faith in the in ancient religion is not going to... Like the guy who created the Death Star. Yeah. Anyway, I love that guy. He's the only Emperor... He's the only member of the Empire who has an American accent. All yeah. the other members of the Empire have British accents. Anyway, they get away, and then they uh, Luke, who was a uh, uh, is somehow put in charge of a X wing, even though he's not been part of this rebellion. Right, he's now a major just up pilot. off the street. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, uh, and he's like, oh, I used to bullseye womp rats back home. They're only that big, <laughs> so they have. He is in charge. He's given a jet. They fly into this thing, and they they blow it up because Luke uses the force because Obi Wan had died. And he can now speak to him because he's a ghost. And they win, <laughs> and that's the end. And Tyler Domsky the, tells the classics. The, the, uh, so the history, and, and it's great, and that's all it was ever going to be. There was nothing more to it. Right. Uh, but it made so much money. And the studio thought it was going to be terrible. The first cut of Star Wars apparently was so bad that everyone thought, we're not even going to release this. Yeah. And then the editor of Star Wars, who was George Lucas's wife, completely re-edited it, changed everything everything and edited it and even 
the, all the fight scenes, George Lucas created uh, Industrial Light and Magic because he wanted some good special effects. And he didn't direct any of the fight scenes. He just found old bomber movies. There's a movie called Hell's Angels, which was directed by Howard Hughes, the weird guy. Yeah. The, uh, from the, With the fingernails. The, yeah. For the movie The Aviator, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, is all about him. He directed a movie called Hell's Angels. There's a couple other movies with dogfights in it. He, so George Lucas just took literal shots from that, cut it together, and said, gave it to Industrial Light Magic, said, do that. So if you watch uh, Hell's Angels and a couple of these old movies from the 1930s, 20s, uh, the shots, the fights, of the all of the fights in Star Wars are just literal copies of those things. And and so he didn't direct that at all. He just said, do this, do that. And, and they did that independently. Um, the actors have said, George Lucas as a director, all he would say was, good, let's do it again, but faster, more energy. <laughs> That's all he ever said. Faster, yeah. more energy. Um, Which again is going to come to come to bear oh, when we get back to the prequels. Oh my goodness, yeah. the prequels. So uh, it it make so it's re-edited by his wife, and everyone says it's amazing. And then John George, John Williams writes the score, which is incredible. Oh my god, which gosh. is also just Holst's the planets. Listen to Gu- Gustav Holst's yeah. the planets. It is one hundred percent the soundtrack to, to Star Wars. Now, to be fair. Uh, writing scores to uh, movies you don't have much time I think had a month from the time he saw the the finished cut that George Lucas's wife put all together I wish I could remember her name to give her credit but she's the one who fixed it uh, and then um, he had to score the whole thing he had thing to score like the whole thing minutes. and he and uh, there were temp hole temp things put in there and most of it was from Gustav Holst the planets like Mars listen to Mars right now uh, it's the you can hear it's the Empire. Uh, like, it's the Imperial March. It's all of these things. It's the beginning. Like, so much of that, well, that one is from Star Wars. And Star even, Wars. that makes sense to me, too, because, again, I love John Williams as yeah, a, as a soundtrack composer. And I think Star Wars, it's either Star Wars or Harry Potter are his, his best work for movie scores. Or Indiana Jones. That one's great. Indiana Jones is great. I really appreciate the musician in me, the motifs that Williams plays with. Yeah. And and the oh, way yeah, he'll yeah. subtly slip. He's really in. good at getting themes. Yeah. So, but so between Imperial, Holst, and, Holst and Wagner are are really where he goes to. Yeah. But the Imperial March, the the classic Darth Vader sound, the dum bum 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 ba dum bum, doesn't show up till Empire. It's no. not at all present no. in. But the uh, the best thing that the the New Hope gives us is the Force theme song yeah. when da, Luke's looking da, up at the da, da, uh, da. sunset, was, which was really called Luke's theme. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the music is amazing, uh, but again, it's even that's derivative. All of this is derivative, and that's not to to diminish it, but it's just to say everything builds on stuff that came before, and that's yeah. fine. That's totally fine. Right. Where I will give him credit is the the you know like I could write a story and give it to someone else to play. Yeah. With, oh yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't get very far. No. Um, the the base material that we do have to work with is solid very solid um yeah so uh, again to to dial back on my dumping on on george lucas he was great at what he did the problem is when he starts to take credit for what he didn't do right um and he there's so many people like that's what i love about peter jackson like Mm -hmm. because he's a similar thing where he did these untouchable great movies but gives so much credit to everybody around him yep george lucas gives so much credit to himself and will point at other people, but really wants to take credit for it. He's like, I founded Iowa. Like he he tells a story about really how he did it all. He doesn't give any credit to his wife because they got divorced. Right. Uh, and so Empire comes in. They realize this is a real thing. Now they have to turn this into a real actual like going and, forward and story. And not for nothing, not sto- just the box office. Yeah. 
merchandising. Yes, Star Wars was self-contained. Yeah, George Lucas got all his money because one of the things that he wrote into his contract was the merch. Like, all the merch goes to him. He has full rights of that. And the yeah. studio gave him all that because he took a, a smaller fee otherwise. And then that's how Lucas, everything that he became was all because of the merch. And yep. so he never forgot that and everything became very merchandisable, which is fine. I want to buy all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, so absolutely. I have no problems with it. It's like it's like Disney. Disney makes a lot of money and they want to make more money. And I understand kind of the problem with that, but I want to buy almost everything Disney right, does. Right. As long as the product is Stop is making good enough. stuff and we'll talk. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which they do occasionally, but they make enough stuff that it that I yeah. I complain about uh, um, a bad movie that they make, but it, then they make a really good one after that. Yeah. So for every Chicken Little, there's oh, a Emperor's New Groove, Emperor's New Groove, or Treasure Planet, or things yeah. that that came out at similar times that I really like. Uh, so to start, start to get mired in all this stuff, Empire is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, easy, um, and it's it, he picked Irvin Kershner, who was one of his teachers at film school at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, Irvin Kershner, who's an amazing director, who has made who made a couple other movies that are not good. Uh, <laughs> He basically had full reign to do what he wanted, and because George Lucas didn't kind of know what was going on, and he was able to take things in a really dark way. And he had a great script by Lawrence Kasdan and Lee Brackett, and what really turned this into a real thing. And you can see in uh, in Star Wars, Darth Vader is one hundred percent not Luke's father. Right. In Empire Strikes Back, they they twisted into that. No one knew that. That was not in the script. That was hidden from everybody. But it was hidden from everybody so that it wouldn't leak out. But it was like from the time the script was written, they realized that was the case. And at first, but in the first one, Anakin Skywalker is a completely different character than Darth Vader. Right. And they thought this would be interesting if we bring this together. But also in the second one, Luke and Leia are 100% not brother and sister. Nope. Not only because they make out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whoops. And it there's a there was a sequel that was written. Originally, when uh, Star Wars was going to be a, a, a fluke, uh, a flop, um, they George Lucas hired a writer, Alan Dean Foster, to write another a, a sequel that was a book um, because he thought at least we can turn these into a series of books and we can just make yeah. money off of that. Which, incidentally, that's a whole other world yeah. of Star Wars. And is... the, so the original, the first official Star Wars book was called Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and it's a sequel to this to the film that is immediately erased by everything that happens in Empire. Yeah, and it's a really neat. It's like like how they really erased all of the all of the books when they came out with the sequels. It's a really kind of interesting like alternate reality sequel to Empire. Yeah, and in it, uh, Luke and Leia totally are in love with one another. So they're not brother and sister. In that they watch Empire knowing that they're not brother and sister in that story. Right, uh, and then because when when Yoda says there's another one, the plan was. We will make another trilogy. By that point, he's thinking a bunch of movies, and we'll make another trilogy with another Jedi who's another person who could have been Mara Jade, but at that point, they didn't figure that out because Mara Jade was made up by in by the novelist Timothy Zahn, who writes those books, which are great. Yeah, uh, highly. It's, we're getting too dork, dorky. I'm getting too dorky. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, Empire uh, is is fantastic. It's so great. Like like you said. If you've never watched a Star Wars movie, start with that one. Yeah, the first movie is great. What's well, it's, and what's I think is fascinating about Empire, and not until Avengers: Infinity War did I see another one quite like this, where the heroes just get murdered. Yeah, and unlike in Infinity War, through. which is clear that this is part one of a part two. Like, yeah, Infinity War, you only had to wait what a year. Yeah, a year and some. Yeah, and they made like them that. at the same time. This one, it's the first movie I can think of where the bad guys straight up win. Yeah. And then you have to wait for three years. Yep. Not knowing. How and, and the is this people at the time is like, 
was Darth Vader lying when he said that he right. was Luke's dad? Because that doesn't make any sense. And what's going to happen? Is Han Solo dead? And the re- the reason why they froze him in carbonite is because Harrison Ford was the only one of the main cast who was only signed on for two movies. He wasn't signed on for three. Yeah. And there was a very good chance. He didn't really want to come back for a third one. He and never wants to come back for a third no, one. No, he, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't want to come back and because he thought, rightfully so, his character had kind of had his... Done what yeah, needed he, to be done. Yeah, he had his whole arc. Like, he was a bad guy. It was a scoundrel, which is why you need to have him shoot first yep. in the whole... Throwback, too. So he shoots first. He shoots Greedo in cold blood because he's a cold-blooded killer. Yep. And then his growth over the course of these two movies is that he becomes not only... Like, he's kind of a scoundrel who reluctantly helps out in the end of the first one. And then the second one, he learns how to love. And he falls in love with Leia. And that is a great ending to him. And then he sacrifices himself. Yep. And one of the best lines in it, uh, best scenes in any movie oh. ever made, is when he's about to get frozen in carbonite. And this is an ad lib on the on the set, which is why Irvin Kirshner is a great director because Irvin Kirshner, uh, Han Solo, Harrison Ford said to her, the the line was, "I love you." Like Leia says to him, "Finally, I love you." Like they've been kind of back and forth, yeah, well, which is why that they. that witty thing is Lee Brackett because Lee Brackett wrote movies, screwball movies in the 1930s and 40s, which is like romantic comedies and stuff. And so all the exchanges between uh, Princess Leia and Han Solo in Empire, which are great as they both hate each other but really love each other. Yeah, watching them fall in love in that movie is 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 a really well written thing. And it contrasts it's that with episode ball. two yeah. of watching them fall in love with each other. And boy, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, because there's no chemistry, because the writing is horrible. Awful. Uh, so anyway, the uh, uh, the scene was supposed to go, uh, he's about to be frozen. She steps up and finally says, I love you. And he says, I love you too. And Harrison Ford rightfully said, Han Solo would never say that. <laughs> right. And Irvin Kirchner says, well, what do you think? That's how he talks. Well, what do you think he would say? And uh, <laughs> he was directed by Ray Romano. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, what do you want him to do? And uh, so uh, <laughs> he says, "Well, I, I think he would say the the closest he would come to saying I love you is to say I know, which is basically Han Solo saying I love you, yeah. but he's just incapable yeah. of revealing who he is. Such and a it's good such scene. a perfect line. And so she comes up and she says, "I love you," and he looks back at her and says, "I know." <laughs> Which is so great. I mean, it's terrible right. because he's he's an idiot. Um, but he's <laughs> but the best. He's character. the best. There. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to his character. That's that's huge. That's growth. It's yep. huge growth. And so he um, they freeze him and they freeze him again. Everybody's like, "Is Han Solo dead?" And he was until they were able to sign a contract and bring right. him back. And if you look at, um, I love Jedi. I love Harrison Ford in Jedi. He doesn't serve he doesn't any need purpose. To be there. No, he's no. only there because we love Han Solo. Like his character does nothing in the plot and it's unnecessary. Even at the end, he kind of says, Oh, I'm unnecessary. Clearly, you're in love with Luke, so I'll just leave. Yeah. And Leia says, Oh, no, he's my brother. And then Hansel is like, What? <laughs> right. But then he's like, Okay, I get it. And then I still love you. And so, I mean, I'm glad, I'm really glad that he's in the third movie. Yeah. Especially because I, I am of the mind that his ending in part seven is great. Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll it's exactly that. where it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, that's so. That movie ends with with a non ending, yep. and it's so great. The bad guys win. Darth Vader is amazing. Darth Vader is a major character in that one. You get a hint of the of the Emperor, yep. but even in the original cut, the bottom his eyes were chimpanzee eyes. They did a double exposure. Yeah. So the top part of his face was a chimpanzee. The bottom part of his, part of his face was a mouth, and it wasn't played by Ian McDermott, who plays the Emperor in all the other movies. It was played by some other actor. 
um, and then they switched it for the for the special edition. So any version that you see now has that. Uh, okay, look. I love how much that pains you. Oh, it really does. This whole thing is really frustrating for me. I do need to take a, a little bit of excursus really quickly to tell you about the special editions. Here's one of my problems, my biggest problems with George Lucas. George Lucas is like an artist. If if Picasso was still alive and went into an art museum and said, I don't like this art anymore, I'm going to change it, and pulled it off the wall and then repainted it. That is what George Lucas does with his movies. And you may say, Tyler, who cares? I care. That's the (laughs) answer. And also, I understand that this is stupid. None of this matters. But um, a big point, especially the first movie, is registered with the Library of Congress as uh, an important piece of cinema. Yeah. Therefore... Don't you shouldn't be it. it legally. He should not be allowed to mess with it because it belongs to the people. That one specifically, the United States of America said this this movie belongs to the people. It needs to be preserved. You cannot get it as of this recording. You cannot get the original version of Star Wars. You can only get the stupid special edition, which is too loud and noisy and has the dumb Jabba scene and has Han shooting first like an idiot. And they changed that. Did you see the Disney Plus one? No, oh, man. They changed. They added the Greedo thing. They keep changing stuff to it. Uh, right before G- uh, Greedo shoots him. He goes, my clunky. Like he's. <laughs> it does. They watch it. I mean, just go to YouTube, watch it. Yeah. Like that scene, they added an extra thing where he just goes, my clunky, which apparently, and they don't translate it, but if you go back to Phantom Menace, it, uh. Sebulba says something and it basically means like, uh, you're garbage or you're a piece of crap or something like that. And so it's because they add that insult. That's why. It's okay for Han Solo to shoot him. So they're just for, and it came out that George Lucas added that in. Of course he did. Even though he sold away everything, he doesn't have any voice in this anymore. So <sighs> it takes us then to Jedi, which is straight up, uh, by this point, uh, in between Empire and Jedi, uh, George Lucas gets divorced from his wife, is now really depressed, does not care about Star Wars, is just done with it, um, ha- already has this deal, has not written part three. Right. Doesn't like does not, did not have a plan for part three when part two was written. Uh, Irvin Kirshner was a little too much for him, like tried to impose too much. So he finds uh, Richard Marquand, who's a guy who is uh, uh, not a good director, but just does whatever. But he he can make a studio movie, and that's what he comes in to do. He doesn't have the touch, which is why Jedi is not as good. Yeah. Um, Jedi okay. Jedi is okay, but what it ends up being is basically it's a remake of uh, the first one of of A New Hope. And before you go, like what? Look at it. That's yep. why it's just the Death Star again. Yep. It's just all the same things again. They just go. They go to a desert planet uh, that uh, instead of the, the exact same one. They yeah, go back to Tatooine. Uh, they go back to Tatooine uh, to start it off. They then end up uh, where with with a bunch of teddy bears, which I th- I love the Ewoks because oh, I was a little kid then. So much. I think the Ewoks are great. I know that grownups at the point didn't like them, but I think the Ewoks are better than anything in the prequels or even the Porgs like that. Just they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine, and they're it's fine. funny that that they're that there. they're what takes down yeah. the empire. Yes, Come that's on. funny. That's and good. the whole idea of this kind of tribal, uh, like they're fighting on their own turf. It's like guerrilla warfare. Yes, they're fighting with like spears and rocks, but they can uh, outmaneuver in, in one battle. Like over time, they couldn't do this, but they can overpower them in one battle because they have this uh, this element of surprise and they know. The situations like how the the Americans won against the British forces in the swamps. Historian Tyler's here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
just briefly. Now I'm going to step away. Uh, so, uh, there's a guy named the Swamp Fox who, uh, who who used guerrilla warfare during the Revolutionary War to fight against the British, and they were able to do that because they would just strike and then run away. Yeah. And that's the way you do it. And that's how the Ewoks fight. Exactly. 100%. Right. They, they strike and then run away. With, with that, big that logs. Oh, that one Ewok. That's so sad. So set when the when the one yeah when hugs the explosion happens him and he's like come on let's go yeah oh, oh heartbreaking oh, oh it's the worst heartbreaking Ewoks I think are hilarious they did they do a good job with Ewoks so but that the pl- basic plot of that is kind of the same plot yep almost exactly one. they play a little bit more with the force the light side and the dark side yeah because it's still to. written by Lawrence Kasdan they have good screenwriters writing this one right. Um, but they, the basic story that Lucas gives them is like, I don't know, do the first one again. Yeah. And cause I don't want to deal with this. And, um, so you get this, this kind of cynical thing, uh, but it's still the same idea. And, but the whole story, the larger story of these movies is Luke's story. Yep. Uh, it's not Vader's story. It is not, uh, anybody else's story. It's not even Leia's story. It is Luke's story. You see the whole hero's journey. Is from Luke start from to start finish. to finish, and that's where, while the first one was written as a as a standalone, um, they do a good job of turning it into a sequel and then making that story really fit. And that Luke is now Obi Wan. Yep. By the end of this movie, uh, and the that, last Jedi, and yeah, and he brilliantly. I love the end of this movie. I think the whole crux of so the story that the trilogy is telling when you do kind of they did turn it into. A nice, a nicely formed trilogy that yeah. completes at at Jedi. It it yep, it's over. And the beauty of this is that you have him, the good versus evil, and the evil is not the devil. The evil is humanity. Yep. And the emperor represents humanity, and Luke is striving for something more. This idea of the Force, which can redeem anything. Yep. That we have a greater purpose. Well, and, and even to the point, like I was reading some stuff about how Darth Vader, Rogue One took a big step to fix this. Yeah. But Darth Vader had gotten too cuddly in pop culture. Um, certainly now. Partly. Uh, certainly now. He's not scary at all now. There's a series of books called, um, it's like father and son books. Yeah. Um, where Luke and, and Darth Vader do like oh, hilarious yeah. yep. par- parenting yep. things. Um, it's Vader, Vader and son or Vader and me. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Um, but again, it gives you this impression that like Darth Vader kind of became a pop culture joke. Like, yeah. you know, well, you can watch on YouTube right now, like images of Darth Vader, like doing hip hop dances right. and stuff, which are hilarious, but they make him not scary. Right. He was scary to us as kids. He, I can't imagine that he's scary to my kids at all. He was nothing the scary about him. Epitome of evil in these movies. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest theological themes is for Luke to show up in the face of all this evil, learn that this evil is somehow his father. Yeah. And insist, and that it's worth saving. Yep. Yeah. That 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 it could be saved. Yeah. Luke is diehard yeah. set on this. Yeah. Um, to the point he's willing to give his life to it. Yeah. And, and so the emperor is great. Like what the emperor tempts him with is almost everything that he says is true. Yeah. Strike this guy down. He like use your hate to destroy him. Like all of it. It's like really heightened language, but it's what we expect from a movie like this. Yep. The bad guys are supposed to die. Yep. And Vader is evil. Yeah. He has almost killed our favorite character. And he is now determined to destroy everything. And he is trying to get Luke to become evil. And Luke needs to overpower him. And to this point, we just see this old man in a hood. So clearly, once he destroys Vader, he can just destroy this old 
man who's about to fall into dust anyway. We right. haven't seen the power of the emperor until Luke gives up. Yep. And Luke says in one of the best scenes in the whole trilogy, he says he throws his uh, lightsaber down and says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And like, no, I won't fight this guy. Yeah. And uh, then the emperor goes, then you will die. And, like, uh, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, this guy has all the power. Yeah. And which shouldn't be a surprise since Vader was He's so subservient to him. But, yeah, right. but not only is he powerful, but he is like supernatural powerful. Yep. And then he becomes like demonic evil, but it still is humanity's evil because yep. everything the emperor is asking him to do is what we as viewers want Luke to do. Yeah. And Luke says, no, I'm not going to kill evil. I'm going to save it. Well, and this this will play later, right? The Jedi, if you... Let me make sure I know this. I mean, you could you could get... It, Luke destroys the Death Star, and that kills a lot of people. Yeah. Set that aside for a hot second. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... <laughs> uh, the Jedi don't... They fight. Yeah. They're but, like Batman. But they don't kill. No. Um not if they don't have to. They 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 yield toward nonviolence as much as they can. Right. It's like uh, it's a martial art. Yeah. That uh, you learn this so you don't have to use it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so for him to stand there and say, nah, "I'm not in, I'm not into this." Yeah. So fully realized as the the original trilogy, the story it's trying to tell, getting away from all the nitpicky things that I was talking about, the the story that it tells is ultimately a story of redemption. Yeah. And it's the story of redemption. It's the story of growth of this young man who just want, desperately wants to be a warrior, wants to join the Empire. That's where he starts. Yeah. And then he wants to get uh, revenge, basically. Like, I mean, he leaves because his family's been destroyed, but then uh, he fulfills the normal thing that we want in that he blows up the bad guys. Yep. And uh, and that's really what happens in the first movie and the third movie, yeah. is that, and then we blow it up. But Luke's, Luke's journey is that he moves from that, from just being wanting to be a hero, to being a savior. Yeah. But a personified savior, and I think to to put this on a the the, the theological bow on this and to, and to, and to put it in a good spot, all the nitpicky stuff you brought up, even the stuff I learned today, mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, and it is flaws with the trilogy. Yeah, and yet, I would it, today yeah. sit down and watch that trilogy again because that story is so compelling. Yes, the you know Luke's story in and of itself, however piecemeal it came together, and however many different little twists and turns that weren't meant to be there that eventually found their way into it. Um, that story of redemption is so powerful. It can overcome bad directors. It can overcome bad visual effects. It can overcome arrogant director, like yeah. story owners. It's big enough that literally an entire universe is created around it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's telling. Yeah. Um, and it's big enough that those three movies were all we were going to get. Yeah, and that and that was fine, mm-hmm. and it, and some some might argue that was better. Yeah, I, uh, I would have been happy. I might argue that I was happy uh, with that, uh, and I thought that's all we would ever get. That plus books, like I thought that was it. Yeah, um, and I I do have to to go back and say that every annoyance that I've had have been annoyance about behind the scenes and legacy things. Right. I I uh, wouldn't change anything, and I'm mad with the changes. I wouldn't change anything about any of these three movies, including Jedi. Um, I think Jedi is great. Uh, I think that it, even though it is uh, a retread of the f- story of the first one, it does it in a different way. Yep. Uh, and it it because it mirrors it. I think very much like the chiasm that we talked about in scripture. Yeah. That you have this mirroring, and the middle is the most important part, which I would say is the case here. Yeah. That the middle, the middle of this trilogy is the most important part, and it's the transit. That's where you get that transition where you have to lose. 
yep. before and lose everything so that you can build back up. And that the the even though this wasn't why it was made that way, that the mirrors, the echoes of the first movie and the third movie are like this beautiful poetic mirroring that you have um, the the piece of Obi-Wan that's reflected at the beginning when you first see him uh, is reflected then in Luke. Luke. Yeah. And I mean, Yoda's in this. We didn't even talk about Yoda. Yoda is an amazing oh, character. Yoda's he's an amazing best. character. He's fantastic in these ones. And what everything that he says, like the do or do not, there is no try. That I mean, everything. There's so much uh, to try to fit these three movies into one episode is is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a fool's errand. Uh, yeah. But I would say, and I often say when when picking first movies, that you have to take Star Wars trilogy out of it. Like, just take as read that Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Like, let's not rank those ones. Right. Like, and whether or not you think that they should be pulled out, we're just going to pull them out because in the same way that when we were talking about musicals, we said, let's just not talk about Hamilton. We all know Hamilton's the best. Right. Whether or not you think that we're just going to, we're taking that one out (laughs) apart from Hamilton. What is this? And I always say kind of, I, when I'm talking about favorite movies, I say apart from Star Wars. Yeah. What are the favorite movies? It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I think that these are perfect. I think you can't change them. And I think that they are a perfect they're perfect because they tell a story that does that ages beautifully. Yeah. Uh, so many other of our heroes, like uh, Indiana Jones, is very flawed, does some really bad things. Uh, uh, like James Bond is terrible. Like that, that. Yeah. There's they're not really things in Star Wars that don't hold up. Yeah. They're universal well, truths. Even the terrible people, like Han yeah. Solo, is in is the redeemed. first movie yeah. a objectively is, horrible person. There is growth. Yep. Uh, and that, and you need that growth. And when you make it so that there is no growth, then that's pro that's a problem. Yep. And there, I mean, the, Luke is obnoxious in the first two movies. Yeah. Uh, he just wants to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I, I know that he's being a jerk about it. No, Tashi needs to pick up the power converter. You can play with your friends when your chores are done. Yeah. And so I think that this movie. And we'll we'll get. I mean, each of the trilogies have their own flavor, but this trilogy it holds up because it tells a story of redemption. Yeah, it's not a story of revenge. It's not a story of justice. It's not a story of all of the things that we desperately want. It's the story of the one thing that we really need. Yeah, is to be able to recognize that even in the midst of evil, that uh, underneath that there is something that there's a human that can be saved. Yeah, and that sometimes that human can only be saved by sacrificing yourself, by willing to let go. Yeah. And that the glimmer of of goodness that was in Vader, I don't even want to call him Anakin because I'm, <laughs> I'm not. The glimmer of hope that was in Vader shines through only because of the act of mercy that was shown upon him. Yeah, that by Luke willing to not he had to him. save Vader's life. We didn't even really say this. They they fight Luke and yeah. Vader, and Luke has him dead to rights. Yeah, killed him. Like, Cuts off cut, his hand. Cut off the hand. And that the had saber. previously been cut off, yeah. which was such a reveal. Yeah, like that's a, like that's what the, you don't need the prequels; they ruin all the re- best reveals of the trilogy. <laughs> uh, so, like, he cuts off his hand, and he sees, like, oh, he's me. Yeah, that when I was in vengeance, vengeance just led to me being destroyed, like me being cut up, yeah. and that that's that. This is the same path. This is me getting revenge for you cutting off my hand. I've now cut off your hand. Now we're even. Oh wait, yeah, hang on. You've already been here. Yep. Um. And it, the, it's in that moment that he takes pause and recognizes, in seeing him being a robot, yeah, he realizes, oh, hang on a second, you are, you are human. This is where this you, ends. You are me. Yeah, and that's that's when the scene, the weird scene in the middle of Empire, where he kills himself in the yeah. cave, 
uh, that, where that, that one starts to make sense. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. This movie's trying to do something artsy. Yep. And and it's that is where that scene starts to make sense is that Luke in trying to kill Vader is really killing himself. And the only way to save himself is to not kill Vader. Yeah. And oh. that's that's I mean, that's the gospel is that we're not called to be warriors for Christ, soldiers for Christ. We're called to be uh, agents of redemption. Agents of redemption. And Jesus doesn't call us to take up our sword. He calls us to take up our cross. Yep. And he says, "You will lo- anyone who wants to gain their life must lose it first. Well, and that's, I, I, I think, you know, no matter where you are in the Star Wars myth, I think a lot of people think of themselves as Luke, yeah. as the righteous one who is going to save the evil in the world. Yeah. I'm willing to bet there are more than a few Vaders listening oh, that see absolutely. themselves as beyond redemption. Absolutely. Um, and, well, and like from last week, we're we're more Jonah and more Peter, yeah, than we are Jesus, and we want to be Jesus. But but yeah, this the, this not true. And I, for as much as it's Star Wars, no one is beyond redemption. No, um, even up to your last breath. <laughs> No one is beyond redemption. Yeah. Um, so even if you feel more Vadery than Lukey, well, and the beautiful thing about that scene too is that Luke doesn't destroy the Emperor. Mm-mm. Vader, Vader does. Vader does. Yeah, and that it's only through that act of kindness that Vader is able to take to give his strength to then save Luke. Yeah, that uh, that what greater love has anyone than this than to lay down to give your life for another. From uh, from First John three, First uh, yeah. John three sixteen, so good, so very good. It's the best chapter in the Bible. So uh, we need in our lives, we need to be people of redemption and not revenge. And the original trilogy tells that story in such a beautiful way. It's the, that's the gospel. That's why that that story is so redeeming. Is that's the story of the gospel. Yeah, and that's why pastors love it. Yes, indeed. So Twitter question for uh, today. Um, what, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Yeah, uh, original trilogy for this one. Yep. Um, when did when did, what was your entry point into mm-hmm. the trilogy or that, into the Star Wars universe? Let's we'll, say that we'll pick that up with prequels yeah, next time yeah. around because you I, and I had different entrance. Points. Yeah. And, and if there are any, I would argue this: we we just covered three movies in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's any dangling threads of theology that we didn't pick up on, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Uh, point them out to us. Please. Where do you see God in these movies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you can find God in there, and again, you can. Uh, oh, we yeah. barely scratched the we, surface. We summed up what people. There's entire books written about all this. Yeah. So uh, if you want more, let us know. Hop on the Twitter. And hopefully, machine. you want at least two more weeks about this. Cause yeah, because because you're getting them. And it's again, it's a very different thing. So th- I separate these three trilogies in three different ways. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week where we talk more Star Wars and more God. Uh, so I've been Tyler I've been Jay and this has been Roughing Roughing the the Pastor I do have to say real quick because we kind of dangled it as a thread and this is like this is a 90 second thing Uh, I love Rogue One yeah, I think Rogue One is a very flawed movie that you can see the seams it somehow lands on its feet. Yeah, um, but what I love about Rogue One, and I this is my my teaser about my problem with the prequels, is that Rogue One makes Episode Four better. better. Yes, the prequels make them all worse. Yep, and that's why I say don't even watch the prequels. I highly recommend you don't watch the prequels, even though we're going to talk about them next week. So watch, but them tune in that. next yeah, week yeah, as we talk week. about. Watch them for that. Um, but I. 
and it it makes it better if nothing else for two reasons it it, may, it explains why the death star is so easy to blow up yep because it was sabotaged by its by its spoiling rogue one for you it was sabotaged by the person who designed it and the one thing that always bothered me about the very beginning of, of episode one is that Darth Vader is scary because he never gets angry. Yeah. But the very first time you meet him in in the very beginning of Star Wars, he is furious and he is yelling and he never yells again. He's like, I want the plans alive, blah, 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 like that. And he never does that. Uh-uh. And the only, and I always thought that's so weird. Why is he acting like that? Because that he's so cool and calm and it's really scary for someone to just walk and not run. For someone to just talk to you, it's like I will destroy you and just yeah. slowly kill you like that. He was really scary that. And then, but if you watch Rogue One, the scene that was a reshoot that they, where they where Vader shows up, he wasn't originally in that movie. Yeah, uh, they that we talked about that at some other point. But was, I, that was a mess, and uh, they had to they had to fix it. So he gets on that ship and is just going crazy, killing, going everybody. ham, destroying everybody, and then. The ship flies away, and so the Rogue One ends like five minutes before yeah. Episode Four starts. Yep. And so when you see him get on that ship, and they're like, "Oh no, we're on a peaceful mission." He's like, "I was, dude, I was just here ten minutes yeah. ago. I was fighting you." This is like when I your kid, know what you have <laughs> yeah. when your kid has their hand in the cookie jar and yeah. they say, "I I'm wasn't not taking a cookie." Yes, yes, you are. So that allows me; it gives me the suspension of disbelief. Is like that's the one reason why Vader loses his cool. Is that he knows they are lying because, and they know that he knows they were lying because he yeah. just saw them. Yeah. Uh, and so it explains those two. The two flaws with the first movie uh, are nicely, um, yeah, dealt addressed. With. Yeah, it's good. 